Welcome to the Sunday evening service at Bible Baptist Church in Hampton, Georgia, where Pastor Lauren Regeer opens God's Word each week to provide us with biblically-based teaching that helps you meet life head-on. Thank you for joining us, and may your hearts be blessed as God's Word is taught. And now, here is Pastor Lauren Regeer. Take your Bibles tonight for our short time together in the Word. Uh, Let's go to Psalm 118. I like to camp here every once in a while to remind us of a verse you know by heart. Psalm 118 and verse 24, this psalm was occasioned at the dedication of the temple, the second temple known as Zerubbabel's temple. We talked a bit about that this morning. The verse I want you to just notice and focus on tonight is verse 24. I know that you probably know this by heart. But let's read it. Just follow along as I read. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is a choice. I'm moving away from our series on friendship just for a moment tonight to encourage you with the truth, the gift of today. Father, we pray that we would remember that you're the one who started time off and you'll wrap up history when you return, of course, after the millennium and set up your eternal kingdom in which there will be no time. We're thankful that you've given us these moments to share, to love, and to appreciate and to walk with you. May we not squander our days, but help us to rejoice in them, knowing that you have given them to us. No matter how many we have left, Lord, we pray that we would use them for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, this psalm, as I mentioned, and again, I was spurred to think about this even this morning in Sunday school. Brian Black is doing a great job taking us through the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, that period of history, the return the people came back from, uh, from captivity after 70 years where? In Babylon, just seeing if you're out there tonight. They came back after 70 years in Babylon, and they came back to a city that was destroyed, rubble everywhere destroyed by the Babylonians and by time, and the temple itself was pretty much in ruins, and so their gift or their, their job was to uh, re- return or rebuild and remodel the temple, and of course, when they did it, foundations were dedicated, and that's the occasion of Psalm 118. I, I got to tell you, there's an interesting passage of Scripture in the Bible that kind of refers to this moment in history, and it's found in Ezra chapter 3. If you keep your finger here, I'm going to take you back there just for a moment to set the context. It's an interesting passage of Scripture in that there's a, a really a mixed emotional time. I don't know if you ever heard the phrase, don't rain <clears throat> on my parade. But yesterday we had a little bit of rain for the wedding. It didn't dampen our spirits. We got to the vows and got through them just fine in spite of a little moisture coming down from, from heaven. But uh, as, uh, as the uh, car- beautiful wedding, as Tiffany was pulled up with a white horse and a beautiful white carriage, and she walked down that aisle outdoor wedding, um, I, I heard this sniffling beside me, and I turned over to Blaine, and the boy was crying. And I said, now cheer up, this is your wedding. You know, there is a sense in which he was overwrought with the emotion of seeing his bride come down arrayed in her finery. And even though there was a little bit of rain coming down that picked up as we went along, 
uh, there was this sense of, of a mixed emotion. You see it here in uh, Ezra chapter 3. I want to read verse 11, 12, and 13 just for uh, a springboard into that one verse we'll look at for a few minutes tonight. Here's the occasion. They're dedicating a temple that's been destroyed for 50 years And now they're coming back. They've swept off the foundations, gathered things together, built an altar, and they're dedicating this, the new uh, return. Of course, there's a good uh, spirit in the air about God remembering His covenants. And they sang together by course and praising and giving thanks to the Lord because because He is good, for His mercy endureth forever towards Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout. And when they praised the Lord because the foundation They praised the Lord because of the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and the Levites and chief of the fathers, next phrase is important, who were ancient men. Raise your hand if you feel like maybe that's a description of you. I I know who you are. (laughs) The ancient men, those who were older that had seen the first house. What house is that? Solomon's house. Solomon's temple. When the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice, and many, however, were shouting aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people, mixed emotions. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. And so it's an interesting situation in that Here's this wonderful dedication of the foundation of the temple. It's the second temple. It's not nearly as glorious in its scope and size as that one of the wonders of the world, ancient world, is the temple and the palace of Solomon. And so there were a few old timers there that remembered the glory. They had survived captivity, perhaps gone when they were still very young, and came back and remembered the scope and grandeur of Solomon's temple. And while everybody is singing and praising and saying, great, another opportunity to rebuild the temple. We're back home. Some folks were having a hard time containing their tears. And so there was this strange mixing of emotions as some were shouting the younger generation for joy. And the olders were kind of weeping at what was once there and now gone and not to be rebuilt again in the sense of that kind of scope. We don't know what the millennial temple will look like, but certainly it will perhaps surpass Solomon's in glory. Here there was this almost, well, this, this just isn't, this isn't as good as the good old days. And so there were some in the midst of the celebration that were weeping. Interesting scene. And so that's what we see in Psalm 118. And we hear this verse, or see this verse, right there in the midst of the the psalm. This is the day which the Lord hath made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. This was a, a wonderful challenge to all of us, to them then and to us now, to remember this is the day that God has made. Ezra, back in Ezra 3, was a, was a scribe, a ready scribe. He was an able, capable, skilled Scribe, And I want to tell you something just in terms of his family tree. He was a descendant of Levi. And uh, he was, uh, Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel was a civil leader and a descendant of David. But uh, here he was in the midst of God's plan for 
Israel, writing down the details as a ready scribe. He was detailing the events of the dedication of the second temple, and I'm glad he did. And I'm even glad he caught the kind of confusion and emotions, because I see it even in our day. There are some of us who've been around a while. We've seen a thing or two, as the ad says on TV. You've seen a thing or two. And uh, we kind of look backwards and we think about some of those. I don't know if anybody here is old enough to remember the Brush Arbor revivals or as well. I talked to some of the older folks in my first church who were thinking back to when revivals lasted for about a month. The preacher came to town and filled the little churches and they just kept on preaching until, as they said, the glory and unction of God came down and aisles were full and of course, these were kind of the days of big camp meetings and these kinds of things. And some of them told me as a young pastor about how God's spirit was palpable and moved. And churches were full of people hungry for revival and for going forward. And it seems like the generation that now is can't even see that except through the stories perhaps of some of the ancient ones who remember those days and rue the fact that perhaps they're not here today. But here, here's, a, here's, a, here's a wonderful thought for us that God wants us to enjoy our moment in history. This is the day that God has made. And so those of us who are a little older that maybe remember some of the glory days, so to speak, have to remember that God has given to us the privilege of living in this moment. It's now. And I'm consumed with the fact that I want my son and I want our young people to know that God isn't just the God of the past, although he worked in the past and he's got an ongoing plan and he's going to come back. He's going to restore things to right. But this is the moment that God has given us. And so we who are a little bit older can't cry and long for the old days with Abraham Lincoln. I don't know if you remember. No, none of you are alive. Uh, or even... Ronald Reagan, he's not going to come back on a white horse and restore things. That some of you are still waiting for him, right? A reincarnation of Ronald. Even Trump, believe it or not, is not going to make things right again. <laughs> what are you living for? Church, this is the day that God has made. So let's rejoice in it. That's a choice we make. So it's an interesting verse right here, James 4. And kind of in a, in a setup for this verse says this, go to now. What does that mean? Wait a minute, he says. You who say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, continue there for a year, buy and sell, get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even what? A vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanishes away. For ye ought to say, if the Lord will... We shall live and do this or that. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good today and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Three simple principles and we'll be done tonight. I think this is a wonderful verse. Again, one you've memorized. This is our day, the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Simple outline. If you have a uh, a way to take notes. Here's a great thought about this verse. Number one, let's learn to treasure this day. This is the day the Lord has made. The two thieves of joy are yesterday and tomorrow. 
There at the foundation, dedication of the foundation of the temple, there were folks trapped in yesterday. And uh, if, if we have to understand, there were those young people that were so excited for the restoration of worship and the temple, the only one they knew about, the under 50s, right? And they were so thrilled. They were singing. They were exciting. Over there in the corner were the weepers. Oh, if we only had a temple like the one we used to have. If we only had what we had in the good old days, then, bless God, we'd be something. No, this is the day the Lord, this is our day, right? This is the time God has given us. Let's learn to appreciate today. Don't let yesterday be the thief of this moment. And uh, don't live in the past. No, it's not Solomon's temple. It wasn't as glorious as the first. But this is the day that God, that's why, the, that's why God calls this day the present. Because it's his gift to us. It may not compare to yesterday or it may not be as troublesome as tomorrow. It may not be as glorious as the past or it may not even be as as uh, difficult as tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow comes. The Bible says times will get worse and worse. We can't fear tomorrow or live for the past. Enjoy, treasure this moment. Treasure this day. I, I find folks all the time living in Someday,ville like James warns us against. Someday I'm going to go do this, and someday I'm going to. It will be better someday. Uh, my husband will change. Amen. Someday uh, I'll have better circumstances. Someday my boss will straighten up. Don't worry about tomorrow. That never takes the sorrow out of today. It only steals the strength that you're supposed to live in. The joy of the Lord is your strength, and some of us are never in the right moment. You know what I mean by that? We're always living for something else or stuck in the past. Today is our moment. How have you used this Sunday? You'll never get it again. How well are you using your moments? Treasure them. Time is fast fleeting. This is the day. Look around you what God has given you right now. Matthew 6, 34. Take no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought of, uh, for itself. If you have children, and some of you do, still living at home, would you just, before the day is out, tell them how much you love them? This is your moment. Enjoy the youth of your children, for soon they fly away. Enjoy the snoring of your husband. No amens there. Surprise to me, for it surpasses, doesn't it, a silent bed. Enjoy the, the moments that you are single. Ouch. If God has not given you a husband or a wife yet, you're still single, enjoy these moments. Don't just keep pushing God. You've got to, you've just, I need to be married. Enjoy, Paul reminds us, enjoy the freedoms of singlehood. Enjoy the rain. You say, I just, I just wish it was a sunny day every day. Well, move to California there. Enjoy those taxes over there. <laughs> but if it's raining, thank God for the weather. You know, each season has its beauty. Have you noticed that? 
Each time a new season rolls around, I, I think I say this, I think this is my favorite. <laughs> I love spring, and I love summer, and I love fall, and yes, there is a beauty to winter. You know, in winter, you get to put your mower away. Well, I hope so. In Georgia, it's not quite as long a winter, but you don't have to mow the grass, you don't have slap mosquitoes in the winter. Each season has its glories. So just treasure this moment. Some of you perhaps are anxious in your heart, just waiting to get past the season that you're in. The teenager can't wait, right, till he's 20 or 21. And then when you're in your 20s, you just, if I just had a little more money or if I just was a little older, I could do this or that. And then we get to our 30s and 40s and and uh, we get so busy, right? We don't enjoy that. We're, we're storing away perhaps for retirement. We're busy with kids and we don't enjoy our children. And then we get to old age. Oh, I sure wish I was just a little bit younger. I, I miss those days. Everything hurts on me. And it's just a, it's a wonderful person that can say, you know what? Yes, I have my aches and pains, but I'm loving today. I just thank God for this moment in life. So understand this. Yes, it's not Solomon's temple, but this is your temple. This is your day. This is your moment. God will never hold you up against the standard of the past, nor judge you for yet things that you might, could do in the future. Every, uh, everything that God gives us comes a day at a time. So learn to treasure the day. Secondly, measure the day. Measure the day. This is the day the Lord hath made. God made time in one day increments. He gives us sunrise, sunset, 24 hours. No one gets more or less, but our stewardship of time is so important. God wants us to get up in the morning. You say, I'm not a morning person. Well, get up anyway and enjoy the waking hours. Uh, and I say this, get up at about six or, or earlier. Some of you do that, especially if you're driving to Atlanta. Get up on time, even beat the sun up. And then around nine or 9.30, go to bed. Amen. That's, that's good. That's good preaching. But enjoy those waking hours with production, with productivity. Do what you can while you can before, again, your life is over. It's just a vapor. Genesis 1.5 tells us God's called the light day and the darkness he called night. He did that so that we'll rest evening and morning were the first day. The waking hours are God's gift to us. So open the present at the dawning of the day. I love it. Don't you love it to hear birds waking you up right at 6 o'clock soon as the sun begins? I just love that God has put his own alarm clocks out there. Don't even need your alarm clock. Just wait to hear those birds singing. That's your cue. Time to get up. Enjoy the day. They're already singing. Aren't you glad that God didn't put the whippoorwill right outside your window that moans and cries like the, bird, the, the, the turtle dove? But uh, God's put this wonderful cheery bird. I think it's a wren right by our house. And I appreciate that bird. It reminds me each day that I can sing as I get up. I'm a morning person. I don't know if you could tell that. But I get up and I sing in the shower. Bothers my family to death, but I enjoy doing that. I enjoy the morning. I enjoy the What a gift. So we are to measure the moments and use the day while you're awake. Be all there. This is God's gift. It's a day at a time. New mercies come with the new mornings, but it must be measured out. God said, I've numbered your days. 
Aren't you glad you don't know that number? I am. God has numbered our days. I know that they're getting fewer and fewer for all of us, right? And so we are to use them. And one day we'll be called upon the carpet to give an account for how we measured our moments. I've numbered your days, the Lord says, and I'm going to call you home. And I want to ask that you give an account. And so don't keep saying, well, someday out yonder, I'm going to go on a missions trip. Someday I'm going to fix the roof. Someday I'm going to lose weight. Someday I'm going to save money. Someday I'm going to read the Bible through. Someday, no, measure your day and start good habits now. Keep them up, understanding that God will call you into account. This is our gift, so open it. Use it with purpose. Look someone in the eye today and say, I love you, son, today, at this point in your life. Not when you clean up, straighten up, and meet some kind of high standard I've set for you. I want you to know that today, don't wait for a funeral service to brag on folks. Just tell them, while it is yet today, how much you love them. Why is it that we're so, uh, what is the word, so... Uh, tight with our, with our compliments and so easy with our criticisms. When we realize folks around us need to be validated and encouraged and affirmed, and yet some, it's in, I think it's in my Mennonite blood just to be quiet and not to let people know today. Don't wait for some special occasion. Lavish the praise on. I mean, don't, uh, don't flatter, but lavish praise on where it's due. Take this moment and use it well. Therefore, uh, James says, to him that knoweth to do good in the moment, instead of bragging about tomorrow, do it. And if you don't do it, that's sinful. Don't procrastinate. Uh, just tell folks around, them, around you how much you love them. Dead ears can't hear the compliments. I often just uh, wonder... Uh, at, at funeral services, this would have been good to hear a year or two ago while the person was still living. And it's always precious to hear these good compliments, these eulogies, but spread that wonderful cheer before it's too late. Do the things on your to-do list one at a time. Learn to treasure your day. Learn to measure your day as God's gift to you. And then look again at our Psalm 118.24, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will, what does the verse say? Rejoice. We will rejoice. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I hope you're not the kind of person that walks around looking like you were weaned with lemons or whatever. You're always sad and sorrowful and seem like you got a chip on your shoulder. The third point is learn to take pleasure in your days. Treasure your days, measure your days, and then take pleasure. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord made. It's my gift from God. I'm going to use it to its full capacity, to my best potential, and then no matter what comes, I'm going to make up my mind up that I am going to be thankful and joyful in it. This is the day that I will rejoice. Do you know that if you put one rejoicing day after another, 
after another. Pretty soon you'll get a reputation that you're an encouraging person. You say, how is that person so happy all the time? He's made a decision to be happy. He's made a choice to rejoice no matter what comes. So if I, if I can just get through this week, <laughs> you hear, if I can just get through this year, if I can just get through this class, if I can just get around this difficulty, then I think we'll be okay. Wait a minute. This day, with all of its troubles, trials, and joys, is God's gift to you. So what? Rejoice in it. That's easier, Pastor, said than done. Use this day to just settle the fact that you're going to delight in God. Don't wait for something better somewhere out yonder, a better job, a better marriage, a better whatever. Just decide that uh, you're going to give up. Be careful now, but listen carefully. Uh, give up on trying to remodel your spouse. And when you finally get him or her remodeled, then you're going to smile at them. When you finally perfect, have you noticed how hard that is? When I finally get him, I mean, we've been married 25 years, but he's still not there yet. And when he finally get, when he finally starts helping me with the dishes and finally starts picking up his socks, when he finally, finally remodels the bathroom, which he's promised to me for 15 years, when he finally does that, then I can smile. No. <laughs> Just enjoy your husband the way he is. Pastor, you, you don't know him. You, you, don't know my, you don't know my wife. There's a long, she's got a long way to go. Do you know that if you keep on thinking that uh, that if we could just keep moving the goalpost and moving that carrot, if he finally does everything I want him to do, and he is everything, I, you're just always going to, joy is going to be elusive to you. Just make a decision to enjoy that rascal the way he is. <laughs> you say, is that, is that in the Bible? You know, we all need to be changing, don't we? But if you're always holding out this picture of perfection, that someday out there, out yonder, I will be happy then. I've seen boys, listen, I've seen boys on the mission field who don't know any better take a half of a dried up mango seed. You know, this is good preaching before Christmas, but they'll take up a half of a dried up mango seed under a mango tree and they'll find them, they'll break them open, and it's only about that big and, and they're... Just a husk, but about, they make canoes out of those things, and I've seen them take those little mango shells that are all dried up and turn them into little boats, and I, I hear them, because I was there as a kid, they make that little putt-putt sound, pretend that little thing is their, that's their toy, and they're playing with that, and I've seen them take uh, old bicycle rims or tires and just all they have is a stick, and they're running up and down those little village streets, and they're running, just singing and smiling. <laughs> and, you know, you want to stop them and say, do you know what we have in America? <laughs> we've got video games. And we've got bi full bicycles. <laughs> you don't have to push this tire around. But they're smiling. And I have been to churches 
along the Amazon River. I think it was alluded to this morning where all they have is uh, uh, some split palm trees and, and, and you move into the service and you have to sit either on the ground or if you're, you know, if you're a guest, you'll get to sit on one of those logs, those split palm trees, and, and they're singing. And you know something? They're singing far outpaces ours. mentioned it this morning. We think God owes us something. Oh, listen, when you understand the great mercy of God, the gift of each day, that treasure of time, and all that he's blessed you with, we ought to be, well, maybe not dancing in church, but we ought to be walking with a spring in our step. This is the day God made. I will Rejoice. So you've heard some bad news lately. So it seems like all the troubles are lining up and and ganging up on you. And you're hearing some things that are hard to handle. Yet in the midst of all that, as we were reminded, God holds our hand. Yes, I know it will be well with us in our soul. God is here. So I will. That's a decision we make. And he's he's talking about really correcting those older folks that were crying about those days in the past. And this psalmist dedicated this psalm to that very moment when there were some that just couldn't get over how beautiful it used to be in the past. And this psalm comes as really a corrective instruction This is our day. No, it's not Solomon's temple, but it's ours, and we're out of captivity, and we have the freedom, and we should say, in America to enjoy. So let's not keep believing that our joy is tied to some politician or some policy or some future event or some change in a person that I wish would change. Let's just enjoy God and all his benefits to us in this moment. It's so important to know that joy isn't tied to a place, joy isn't tied to a thing, but it's just simply connected to a thankful spirit for what God has given us. Aaron Coffey years ago told our teens in a chapel, I haven't forgotten, about a, he's now dead, but a former rock star by the name of Kurt Cobain died at 22. He was rich, popular, desperately unhappy. Some of you may still remember that name. He would literally shake his wife, Courtney, and he would cry out, Why am I so unhappy? Or she didn't have the answer either. But it's not just Hollywood people. It's not just the unsaved that can't figure it out. Listen to a pastor share his testimony And it's connected to this thought. As a young pastor, I was never content, never satisfied with anything. When my Sunday school teachers, with my Sunday school teachers, I was never satisfied with their efforts to build classes, with our missions giving. I was never satisfied about how much was pledged with our music program. I was never satisfied with any part of it. 
even though we probably had one of the better programs around in the state. But I was not content. I was not content with the growth and maturity of my church members. This was, same, uh, this was the same with other aspects of our church. I was always pushing for greater heights. I was never satisfied with where we were at the moment. In the day, contentment eluded me. It's always been a major problem with me. I've been laboring under the premise that the biggest room in our church is the room for improvement. The empty pews uh, just shouted out to me. I couldn't be content with those that were in the pews. I was just looking at the empty ones. I didn't appreciate fully what Paul said to the Philippians. Philippians 4.11, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content, nor did I agree fully or understand and appreciate Psalm 118.24. I figured the statement about contentment didn't apply to me. I was driven by discontentment. I always figured that anything I was involved in could be improved, and even if it was just a little bit, Just in case you might think I was a tyrant, I was the hardest on myself. I drove myself day and night, 24-7, often at the expense of my family. I have an idea that I was not alone in this dilemma. I've known several preachers that were driven just as I was. No doubt they were learning to be content. Now that they are among the elderly, I know I am as time goes by. Let's not learn the lesson of Psalm 1. 18, 24, too late. If I came up to you tonight and say, and asked you, what have you been enjoying lately? What, have, what is it that you enjoyed about this day? Could you think of anything? I remember my son coming home. I've shared this perhaps before. My son coming home in high school, Nate, and he had a good night in basketball. He scored that night 29 points. And as a dad, I was kind of secretly proud of him. And so uh, he got home, and on the way home, I remember, it was he and I driving, and I, took, I turned to him and I said something that I still regret. I see his coach over here smiling. I said, son, if you would just learn to use the backboard, you could have scored another 10 points easy. Dads, we don't, we don't get those chances over and over. This is the day. God made it. Use it for his glory and don't Sit there always complaining about what you don't have, the points you didn't make. Use the opportunity to say, thank you, Lord, for the wonderful privilege of building folks up, enjoying this moment instead of saying, I wish I was in a better place. I wish wish you could have done just a little bit better. What a privilege it is to enjoy this moment. This is Bible Baptist, this is our day. Let's encourage one another and wring the most, the best, out of this moment. Thank you for joining us today. Please tune in each week for new messages from Pastor Lauren Regeer at Bible Baptist Church in Hampton, Georgia. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you.